Welcome back to Mindfulness Fridays with my wonderful friend, Jad Patrick. Uh, He is so passionate about mental health, mindfulness, and he is a counsellor, naturopath, and nutritionist. You can find out more about him. Jad's laughing at me because are you laughing because I do this every time at the start of the episode? No, because technically I'm not a qualified nutritionist. What are you? And I keep forgetting to say I'm just like... Do you know what I tell everybody when, I, when I'm putting you in touch? He has three degrees. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I've done a lot of nutrition as, as part, part of my naturopathy nat- training. Degree. Yeah, and it's yeah. sort of they're, they're, there's some equivalencies there. But in, in respect for all of my nutritionist colleagues, I'm technically... I'm a nutritionist. I don't take any offence to that at all. Yeah. Also, um, uh, you're way smarter than me. Jad is probably one of the smartest people that I know. So we are so lucky to have him here today. If you want to learn more about him, his Insta handle is Jad Patrick Neutropathy and it's J-A-D for Derek. I wanted to say Dick. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, Everybody loves the D. Um, <laughs> oh, amazing. You can tell we've got to that stage of the day now. <laughs> for people listening, we've this is the first time I've ever done this, but we're recording this whole series in one go. Um, which makes for an interesting day. And you've got to record all the, the meditations. I get yeah. off my Jad's got a massive day ahead of him. Okay, so the theme today is um, in this in this podcast episode is that feeling of being stuck. And and then I've written here versus drive and motivation. So the stuck feeling is probably the most common out of all of these topics we've covered that I relate to. I think, and I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here, I think because I'm an overachiever and I probably work obsessively a bit too hard and um, if I feel the opposite, so I really struggle every December and January because all media work closes until the end of Jan and I'll just sit down with my therapist and and I'll be quite agitated and worked up and he's like, talk to me. And I go, Mm. I'm stuck. I'm stuck, like, and I just get really, and and he'll often be like, why can't you be in a phase of learning in your life? Mm. Like, because that doesn't have a dollar sign attached to it or (laughs) that's not going to help me. And he's like, but all this training that you're doing now will actually help you in the long term Mm. be more successful. Mm. And so it took me a long time to be okay with this feeling of not physically working on a project or something like that. That's the stuck feeling I get. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a fun space to be in. I think I get... Um, we were talking a bit before the show about why we complement one another well as friends is that I can kind of get dwelling in that stuckness for too long and, and Lola's very good at that activation, get up and do something. And I'm quite harsh on you, aren't I? Oh, it gives me a good kick up the bum, but in, <laughs> it's coming from a place of love and respect yes, and wanting totally. what's best for me, not in a punishing kind of way or you're not good enough. It's kind of like you are good enough, so get up and yeah, I'm like put your it cheerle- out there. I'm like your cheerleader. Yeah, and, you know, I think as... Part of the you know mindfulness stuff we're talking about, it's also about developing this inner kind of cheerleader, inner this mm. inner compassionate presence within us that wants what's best for ourselves and and pushes us a little bit in an encouraging, motivating way, mm. not in a you're not good enough, you suck, mm. you should do this. Well, tangent. Where where was I? So what I'm what I'm with the idea of feeling stuck mm. or lost. I think that uh, everybody again experiences at some stage. It can be simple as like you've fallen into a career path where you're like, oh, this is kind of safe. Like I can't believe I'm even saying this right now. But I remember one day, probably about six months ago, with my therapist, I walked in and I was like, I've had an epiphany. 
And he, he literally is like rolling his sleeves up. Here we go. Here we go, Lola. Hit me with it. And I was like, I've been living my backup career this whole time. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I fell into nutrition. I was passionate about it, but I've always really loved theatre and and um, that's the degree I did straight out of uni, mm. straight out of year 12 was theatre studies, performing arts. I did not arts. know this. I've just learned something. And then I was a DJ and party animal and whatnot and then fell into studying nutrition because it was always my backup and I said to him, I used to get the tram back from school mm. and I'd always pass the uni I'd studied at and I'd be like, oh, that's a good backup career if you don't succeed in film and television mm. as an actor. And Terry, since I first, my therapist, since I first started seeing him, he'd always refer to me as his actor. He'd be like, well, you're an actor. And I was like... Is this guy losing his mark? I had no idea. I was like, why does he keep saying this? Like, and he's like, you're a performer. Can you not? You're a creative, empathetic, performing person. You're a, mm. that's your, that's who you are. And I was always like, well, no, I'm a nutritionist. And he's like, no, no, yeah, you do that. Mm. As and as we've just of- discovered, neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was on the last episode. Oh, no, it was on this episode. Good, good, good. Because I was like, oh, shit, did I talk about it on the last one? Yeah, so Jad is a naturopath and a counsellor. Is that what I'm allowed to say? Yeah. Great. And I'm a nutritionist. So we've got all the bases covered on this podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, kept, I said to Terry, I'm living my backup career and that's why I feel so stuck. Mm. And he's like, when do you feel most alive when you're doing your nutrition stuff? And I was like, if I'm on TV, filming, mm. if I'm on a photo shoot set, if I'm speaking to camera, if I'm filming a vlog, if I'm recording a podcast. And he's like, all these things you're describing are a performer. Mm. And I remember I went into him one day and I was like, I think I'm a bad person. And he goes, why? And I go, I did a red carpet event. Mm. like where you have to walk along red carpet and there's a whole pit of photographers. And I was like, I fucking loved it. Mm. I was like, I felt like I'm meant to be photographed Mm. on this red carpet. And I said, is that my ego? And he goes, explain to me what you love about it and I'll tell you if it's your ego or not. I said, Mm. I love the theatre. I love the energy of it. I said, my heart pounds and I can feel it and Mm. I feel the opening of my heart. And I said, I love that I'm putting on this persona that mm. is me, but it's it's almost like a heightened me or it's mm. – and, and he said, well, you're an actor. Mm. No wonder why you don't love it. It makes sense that that's what you love. He goes, that to me has got nothing to do with ego and going to an event is just a celebration of something that you love. Mm. And so I find whenever I fall back into my qualified skill set or mm. what I'm good at mm. – and this is where I'm getting to, this is a very long, rounded story, but, like, it's easy to fall into the trap of doing what you're good at and feeling stuck mm. versus being courageous and taking the leap to kind of go, like when you and I have our discussions where I'm like, do this, let's do this podcast and mm. we'll release a meditation series. And you're amazing at taking the leaps as well now. Like, you're like, yep. I'm a lot less resistant than I once yeah. was, you know, and I think, you know, Credit to both of us as our own individual selves. We've both done a lot of work over the yeah. ten years we've known one another, and um, I was just thinking about that before. That if you know, you, if you had suggested to me, say eight years ago, let's record six podcasts in one day, I would be shitting myself. I'd be like, I have to, so, you know, I have to research this. I have to know every bit of the topic, and 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 I'll have to have stats on hand, and you know, studies written out, and all this sort of stuff, and. What I've learned from you over the years is the power of just, just, just do it. To use a you know, marketing slogan, but it, there's power in that slogan. Is that sometimes you just got to take the leap. You got to you, mm. you got to just start doing, and then the energy will follow. The confidence will follow. 
A lot of people wait for the confidence, they wait for the motivation, they wait for the inspiration, they wait for their muse, they wait for their creativity. You'll wait forever. It's in the taking action that that starts to come into come into being. And does that come back to a sense of self-worth? Because when you were like, well, the, the confidence will come, because I've always been that, I'll be more confident when. Yeah. I'll be more confident when I'm 50 kilo. I'll yeah. be more confident when or when I've got this or when I'm doing this or when I'm a star. Mm-hmm. And then it's like... What if you value yourself enough to be like, I'm going to give this a crack? Mm. Can you see the difference in that? Like, yeah, yeah. Self-worth does come into it and, and hear what you're sort of saying that. Also doing it for yourself, not for another reason. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. um, this podcast exists out of passion only. Mm. That's all it is. Like I didn't think I would fall madly in love with it mm. and I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. Like even... Um, Doing these, recording these six episodes in one day, I didn't even think about the time that it would take. Mm. I was just like, my mind went to this idea is amazing. Get this it is done. Matt's idea. Let's do it. Mm. And then I called up my podcast manager and was like, how fast can we release them? So that's where my mind mm. has mm. gone. And so I don't know if, and and that's where it, like this is maybe even a more like chasing your dream success kind of topic. Maybe that's mm. what this is turning into because. That stuck feeling might be a gift where you go, mm. oh, I can acknowledge like the way you were saying you kind of become friends like in, in the episode about stress and anxiety, kind of like having a cup of tea with the anxiety or as you were saying like welcoming in the feeling of shame, yeah. like maybe it's welcoming in yeah. why am I stuck? What's this here to teach me? Because I never stay s- stuck in stuck yeah. for yeah. very long, Yeah, more than about it never gets like a bad stint of it will be 48 hours. Usually it's 24 and I'll be like, I've mm. learnt that I don't want that feeling again and it doesn't serve me mm. even though I get the feeling again and then I will use it to propel me into X, Y and Z. What next And sort it of switches thing. to courage. Yeah. And I think you the the way to approach that stuckness is first you really got to get a sense of it. You know, we're, we're so quick to move from, I've got this feeling, I don't want this feeling, how do I get it away? Yep. But first we've got to feel the feeling of stuckness, of boredom, of inertia, of depression, of whatever it is that feels so I can't move from this or I'm not moving so there's something wrong. Get a sense of it because all emotions are is messages through the body, messages through the psyche. That's all they are. They're, they're, they're a way of communicating needs. So under, underlying that sense of stuckness is some sort of unmet need and those needs often speak to the concept of values. You know, what What do we value in our lives? What gives our lives meaning and purpose? What matters mm. to you truly deep down? Mm. What is the qualities or personal strengths or attributes of your behaviour you want to bring into being in the world so that when you, you know, you're lying on your deathbed, when you're older, you can say to yourself, yeah, I lived a good life. I lived mm. a life of integrity or of compassion or of um, motivation or yeah. whatever or passion. Um so the stuckness can be a good opportunity to examine that. But first you've got to feel it. If mm. you keep chasing ways of escaping the stuckness, you'll probably default to things that you've already done to try to get rid of that feeling. Mm. So you've got to know the message that's behind it first. So first you've got to sit with the stuckness, really come to understand it, sort of welcome it in. Think of it like the seasons. It's kind of like the winter of your emotional kind of landscape where things go into hibernation and dormancy and they kind of – regroup and go within. It's an opportunity to go within 
And how fitting we've got thunder in the, in the background, background as this is happening. The winter. <laughs> Even though it's quite humid. I'm sweating yeah, so much. Are you sweating? Yeah, oh, thank God. I thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> but so it's an opportunity to look at your values. So I guess getting out of the stuckness mm. involves finding something that gives you that vitality, that drive, that enthusiasm. And that involves connecting with with some kind of purpose. And, and that relates back to to meaning and then, oh, to, sorry, to values and then to goals. So I guess it's worth unpacking the difference between, say, values and goals because sometimes they're used interchangeably but they're... they're oh, they're quite they're, different they're though, quite aren't different. they? Yeah. They're quite different. So a value is a sort of what matters to us deep down, relates to the sort of person you want to be and the kind of qualities you want to embody or enact in the mm. behaviours you engage in in life. So um, whereas a goal is something specific that you can achieve and tick off a list. So, so like a value would be loyalty? A value would be loyalty. A yeah. goal might be to have a committed marriage. Yeah. And the value behind that is loyalty. And goals change, values are more? Values tend to stay more consistent yeah. through our lifespan. So goals can shift and change. Goals we're not really in control of, but we can stay present in control of the values we keep. So the goal might be to get married and be in a committed relationship. But if the value is loyalty... You can live the value of loyalty in all sorts of aspects of your mm. life. You can be a loyal friend. You can be loyal to a business. You can be loyal to your own hopes and dreams. Mm. So that that loyalty then becomes the energizing force that propels you into action in the world. And it's often when we take action that that feeling of stuckness disappears. Mm. Often we wait for the right action, but just taking action sometimes can be enough to get you out of that kind of funk. So... Um, goals we can tick off, goals we can achieve, values are the sort of ways of being that kind of guide us there. The goal might change. The goal will probably shift and change. Mm. That's life where we can't control the goal but mm. we control the input and the input is the value behind it. So someone might have a very similar goal. Um, what's a good example? Stay so if we stick with the concept of yeah. marriage. Now one person's goal might be to get married um, the value behind that could be loyalty. Another person, it could be companionship and love. Another person, it might be just tradition. You yeah. know, tradition is important to me. Tradition is important in my culture, so I get married. Yeah. And that's once that value is sort of satisfied, the other sort of aspects of marriage become, you know, the same goal, completely different ways mm. of getting there, completely different orientations of seeing it. So getting in touch with our values is is so important. So values. I love talking about values. I think also often sometimes when in the past when I've gone through a breakup, people will say, why did you guys break up? And I'll be like, well, our values were just so opposite. And not that one was better than the other. but That's a very good point, yeah. I've found that that is often when I can start to see the the value, like and you can figure it out within three months usually what Mm. someone's, kind of baseline values are mm. and and you'll be like, oh, wow, that's not one for me and you'll know because it won't feel right. Mm. And I think the value thing is almost to me more important than the goal thing because mm. goals are changing and because the values can probably impact the goals as well. Mm. Mm. So fascinating. And I one thing I just want, one more thing I want to ask about the stuckness, how do 
Um, this might be a selfish question as well. How do A-types go with that? Because I know initially without therapy I looked at the stuck feeling and was like I need to run the fuck away from this feeling mm. as fast as I can or I'm going to feel depressed. Yeah. If I stay in it too long, like I'll notice I won't get up as early and do my morning routine, I will start sleeping in more, I will let my healthy um, eating and movement and mind habits go mm. and I will quickly kind of like slip into this void where I'm not even honouring my values. Mm. And it has taken therapy for me to feel it and process that feeling mm. and to then kind of like change my mindset around it to welcome it yes. and then take action. Yeah. Well, there's almost a bit of black and white thinking going on there that if if I'm not like go, 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 if I'm stopping, then that's bad, that's black, that's, you know, and I want to move into the white, I want to be go, 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 go. So restructuring the way you see it, that that that, that there's a, an up and down, there's a wave-like motion in how we approach life, that those times where we hit the stuck points is a time to reflect, reevaluate, um, rest, grow, recharge, yeah. replenish, all of those kind of like... And, and that takes a pause. And some people are scared of the pause because they feel like then they're not achieving. Yeah. And if I'm not achieving, then what does that say about me, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough? And so, again, it becomes an opportunity to look at these beliefs we have ourselves about ourselves, these negative core beliefs that we all have about, you know, what's fundamentally so wrong about me. And, and those stuck points, particularly for those type A-driven sort of people, can be, you know, often they're just escaping those feelings rather than really moving towards a goal. And in ACT therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, we talk about moving away goals and moving towards mm. goals. Moving towards goals, we're moving towards something of value and importance to us. It's energising, it's life-affirming, it's often full of vitality. Moving away goals is when we're trying to escape something painful and that we don't want to experience. Mm. And that tends to come with a fear element to it. It's not as yeah. life-affirming and, in, and inspiring. So running from stuckness could be a problem. Sitting with the stuckness and realising where you want to be moving towards, that's where the kind of... And I think what you've just unpacked for us, it's going to... It's a feeling that will happen. Like yeah. you will get that. That's normal human... Mm experience and it's not a bad thing to feel it. And I've just almost like scribbled out the word stuck here and written pause mm. because I know that this podcast wouldn't ha exist without me have having a few stuck feelings because mm. just because the nature of media, there's not many TV shows that come out of Melbourne. So I was like, how can I create something mm. that is some form of media that I love that fills me up creatively? Mm. And that was born out of a pause or a feeling of stuckness. Mm. So I think by looking at it not as, a negative thing and knowing that it's almost like there's this word we use in yoga, equanimity, ebbs and mm -hmm, flows. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that there are going to be these moments of pause or stuck or reevaluating mm -hmm, a situation mm -hmm. and if you look at them like a pretty great way to, oh, this thunder is like. Awesome. So awesome. We've got this like sick mood soundtrack in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, look at these as, as almost a gift. It's quite powerful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh. And, you know, I, li I like to think of it sort of, as I mentioned before, like a winter of the soul, like where you're moving into this space where you're kind of reflective and introspective and that that's okay to welcome that, honour that. But dig deep, you know, dig into that. What does this say about me and where I've come from? And sometimes values change in our lives as okay. well. You know, the the value of being a loving parent is going to be more relevant when you are a parent yeah. than it is when you you know you're much older or much younger. Yeah. So 
values sort of need to be held kind of lightly and, and, and we also have to understand that sometimes values come into conflict with one another. So sometimes that sense of stuckness might be when there's one particular value that's important and then another value that's important and they're kind of at odds with one conflict, another. Yeah. So then it's about exploring ways where you can meet the needs of each value perhaps in new and creative ways so that you're not completely squashing one value versus versus another. And I think uh, your meditation exercise around this almost touches on sometimes this stuck feeling or this pause can be a lesson to let go of something. Yeah, which is scary because like the death of something or mm. the ending, the completion yeah. of, of something. And is that kind of what this meditation this is a little bit around? A little bit around that. I'm sure, I'm sure that could come up. This meditation would be more a reflection on the qualities you really want to embody in your life mm. and how to really reconnect with them. What would be really important at sort of the end of your life that that stands out and where did those qualities perhaps come from and how can you kind of how would you maybe honour that in your best possible sort of life? And that can then reconnect you with what's important. I'd say in that sense of stuckness, think of times where you haven't felt stuck, what was different, what was going on yeah. then that was different. Think of your childhood dreams and not so much the specifics, like I wanted to be an archaeologist, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Oh, I could totally see you doing that. And now I wouldn't necessarily want to be an archaeologist, but that that value of adventure, curiosity, yeah. exploration is still really strong Nature. in me. And so when I've hit stuck points in my life, I've sort of realised, oh, those needs aren't being met. I need yeah. a holiday where I do something adventurous or I need to challenge myself in some way or learn something about the natural world in some way. So, yeah, Bring reflecting back, back and then also yeah. reflecting forward, like in, in 30 years' time, what do I want to stand for? What would give my life meaning? What would other people, you know, see in me that they admired or respected or um, were inspired by? I love it. I've been taking notes as you start all this. I'm like, oh, because is it called the um, deathbed meditation or the 80th year old, 80th birthday meditation? Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll do the deathbed Yes, meditation. I love that you're going all... All in. With clients, I sometimes do like an 80th birthday meditation because death can feel a bit more. But we've, we've faced grief in another episode. Yeah. We've moved on from grief. <laughs> but I think, and then the theory is like on your deathbed, you don't want to have regret and is it that kind of, and what values or what what do you, how do you want to have lived your life? Yeah, yeah, what's really important to yeah. you. And sometimes in the moment we get hung up on the kind of storyline of what's going on now and we forget that there's a bigger picture and getting in touch with that bigger picture can then reinvigorate us and give us a sense of purpose. And if it doesn't, if this stirs up difficult feelings for you that you're really not making sense of, it might be time to unpack it in a bit more detail with a, a life coach or yeah. a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counsellor or any of those sorts of people that can work with you around kind of getting in touch with what's really important to you and what matters to you and then taking the step to behave in that way, even mm. though it might come with anxiety, even though it might come with self-doubt, even though it might come with self-criticism, just taking those steps, that's what's important. Mm. Okay, again, sign me up for this meditation. So hang around. Judd is now going to give you a meditation around this topic of kind of like getting clear on your getting clear on who getting clear on who you are like on a fundamental level, I guess. Mm. Mm. Rather when we feel stuck, we're often like, who am I? Where am I? What yeah. am I going? What, what do you really do? stand for? You know, yeah. all of us have different values. All of us have we're unique bloody little snowflakes. But what, what, what makes you tick? What gives your life meaning and purpose? And how can you reconnect with that? Unreal. You're amazing. Thanks, Jaddles. <laughs> Thanks.
This meditation is called the deathbed meditation. Sounds rather morbid, but really it's about reflecting on what's really important to you in your life and discovering some values. For this meditation, you can sit comfortably. There's no need to adopt any special position or anything. Just go along with the words and use your imagination as I speak. So imagining, imagining you've lived a long, rich, meaningful life. You've achieved everything you've wanted to achieve. You've explored everything you've wanted to explore. You've had amazing relationships. Really let your imagination run wild. You're in your 90s and you're lying on your deathbed. You know you're going to go soon, but you've lived such an incredible life. Picturing all the amazing things that have happened in your life, all the things that you did and got to see. And most importantly, reflecting on the type of person you were. And thinking about what you stood for in your life. What really mattered to you? Thinking about the people who were there in your life for you. Imagining they're with you now as you're resting, getting closer to the end of such a wonderful life. And they're sharing with you some of the things they admired most in you. Who would be there? And it can be anyone. It can be people alive, already passed. It can be young people, old people. This is an imaginary exercise. Thinking of all the people that meant the world to you. And having a think about what they might say about you. What did you stand for in life? What would you have fought to the death for? What were the things they noticed where time stood still for you, where you felt the most joy, where you felt the most passion? What sort of qualities did you bring with you when you engaged with the world? What strengths of character did you possess in your working life? When you're acting as true to yourself, what were you like in a relationship? What were the qualities that you brought into friendships? What did your friends admire about you? And what were you like in your hobbies and pursuits? What qualities of behaviour did you bring into your family life? And what are some of the qualities that you would like to pass on to the others who are in that room? What do you want them to remember you by? 
taking note of these qualities of your own self. It might be your patience. It might be your loyalty. It could be your commitment to adventure or curiosity or compassion or education. Thinking of these qualities now, noting that you possess them and thinking about all the people in your big, long, wonderful life that helped you to have those qualities. Who in your early years, teachers, parents, friends, grandparents, who had an influence on you that allowed these wonderful qualities within you to develop Laying in your deathbed, you send some gratitude and thanks to these people. Thanking them for the gift of these values that you hold to your heart, that you've stood by in your life, that you've worked hard to live out fully. Sending gratitude to them. And then holding those values close to your heart, knowing that you honour them by appreciating that within yourself. By living those values to their fullest. Letting go of the image of yourself as an old man or woman on your deathbed, bringing your awareness back to your present life. Thinking of some of those values others noted in you, that you noted in yourself. And thinking of the domains of your life, such as your family life, your career, hobbies, sense of spirituality. In each of these areas, where are you living most closely with your values? And where are you perhaps living out of alignment with those values? Perhaps after this meditation is finished, you might write down some examples of the values you noted were so important in the length of your life. And explore where in your life you could live more fully in those, in accordance with those values and where in your life you're already living those values to the fullest. Making room again for any difficult feelings that show up, it can be hard to recognise that as humans sometimes we get out of sync with what's important and meaningful to us. And seeing this as an opportunity to recalibrate, to set your compass in the direction of the values that are most important to you, and noticing what changes then in your life. Taking a few deep, easy breaths now. Letting go of any tension in the body, letting go of the exercise. 
making room for discomfort, savouring any positive feelings you might be feeling around those values that you embody. And then when you're ready, ever so gently opening your eyes.